Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to the Rugby Pod, brought to you in proud partnership with Guinness. If you're heading along to the pub this weekend to watch the rugby, you can get a free Guinness with the Match Pint app. Just download their app and check in to one of their pubs during any Autumn International and you earn a pint to enjoy between Monday and Friday. Big Jim and Goody are here with me as usual. How's your week been, guys? You, you well? I'm tired. What are you tired for? Uh, Friday, drove up to Manchester to do a dinner. Big shout out to the Knutsford Rugby Club lads. For who? Knutsford. Literally getting their nuts out everywhere. Um, but drove home, got home at 3.30 Saturday morning. And then at Twickenham all day from about 10 o'clock on Saturday morning. And then wasps on Sunday. Just cashing in, Goody. You, you have to. I've got kids to feed. Yeah. Money laundering or not? <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. I, work in, I work in foreign exchange. You we're, do. That's what I mean. That's you should say no then. That's what you exactly. should say. No, no. <laughs> Thank you. I declare everything. Jim? I was at the Wales-Scotland game on Saturday. But before that, I did the Ospreys-Edinburgh game. Did commentary on that game. Stayed in Swansea. Got told by Sean Holly. Told me to go to Wine Street in Swansea. Ever heard of the place? No. Yeah, so I've gone down there about half 11 after comms. Just went down there incognito, of On course. your own or? On my own. On my own, incognito. Who does that? It was like a war zone. <laughs> I've walked down there. It was like zombie apocalypse. I have never seen anything like it. Obviously, it was Halloween the week before, so I'm thinking... Are they carrying Halloween on? You just can't tell them. On Street. You? Yeah, you, mate, you can't. You can't. I'm a fan of Wales. But yeah, that was an eye-opener. Stayed out? Nah, just went out for a couple. On your yeah. own? Well, that's what I told my wife. Just anyone, out does for anyone a else do that? Like, go, go out for a drink on your own to a place you've got no clue about? Mate, I love doing that. Somewhere we in New Zealand, I stayed stayed on for a few days on my own. Went oh, down to Queenstown. Weird, mate. Got myself a bike. Hung around with a few random people. I love doing that. <laughs> love doing it. So you've gone out, you walked into a bar. Walked in, well, I walked, yeah, walked into a bar, obviously pitching piano. Camera phones were out everywhere. Turned around, went out, went to the next place, and I thought, I can't cope with this. So I went back. I went back to the hotel. The Dragon. Hell of a spot. You're not thinking about driving home after the game to see the family, see the kids? No, I was in Wales the next day for the big game, uh, the Scotland-Wales okay, game. Yeah, yeah. I was doing um, a bit of corporate, so I took my mate Slug, and we had about 25 beers on the all-day watching the Wales-Scotland game. Did you? Yeah, we probably had about 10, 15. My wife said to me, please... That's three. Beck said to me, please... Do not come home in a state. Remember what happened in Hong Kong. So I didn't take any random bloke back to the house or anything. So <laughs> I'm in the good books. Christmas is coming. There's nothing worse, is there? Christmas is coming. Christmas parties are coming. The lads are on the group chat. What are we doing for Christmas? Like if Hong Kong had happened now, like you'd be thinking... You ain't getting out before well, Christmas again, eh? I'd be going on the boss, but you'd be thinking... <laughs> it, could, it could kick off. You know, it could kick off. There could be a few like ignoring you the next day and stuff. But no, I, I got home about 11 o'clock Saturday night. I'm in the good books. So Well, well done. Should I feel proud of myself for that or not? <laughs> the way you lead your life, yes, you should. That, that's, a, that's a win for you, isn't it? Yeah, but a shout-out to Tom Shanklin. I'll say his name. I mean, his podcast, is, it's on the demise now, isn't it? So we can talk about it. Lovely bloke. He is a good Lovely guy. bloke. He looks like a bit like a... He looks like a... Voldemort. Yeah, I was oh, trying to wow. work out. I thought he looked like, you know, like a, 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 a turtle or a tortoise. I don't know what the difference is. What's the difference between a turtle and a tortoise? I think one has legs and one has pedals. Mate, you, I, knew, I knew you'd offer something to this podcast. Thank you for that. <laughs> Shanklin, anyway, you know, like, well, you might not know, unless you know turtles or tortoises. Like, when they're in the shell and they just pop out, like, Is that, that the noise they make when they pop out? Well, I don't know, mate. I don't know. But anyway, that, that's what I think Shanklin looks like. He looks like a turtle. He looks like a turtle head. With a terrible, terrible fake tan. He had fake tan on Friday. Yeah. He had, and it was streaky. Yeah. Top lad, shit tan. So I want to give him a shout out. And he's a good lad. <laughs> well, we'll discuss the Wales-Scotland game shortly and the Ireland-Italy game, but there's only probably one place to start, and it's at Twickenham. Are England back to Goody? Are they back in the, back in the game? Oh, mate, we've just beaten the team that beat the All Blacks, so we are, we are up there with the best in the world now, aren't we? Did we predict last week who we thought would win? I can't remember. Because I had a feeling England would win. Did I say that or not? Of course you did. Did you. I not say like, that? You are jumping, I'm, jumping on the bandwagon. Okay, now. right, okay. I, I thought... I said before the game to my mate Slug, I reckon England might win. If I, put, I didn't know, but if I had to put my mortgage on it, I thought England might win, and they did. I had money on South Africa. I thought they were going to dominate. They did dominate, didn't they? They just, you know, they had all those opportunities in the first half. They had about four or five metre lineouts that yeah. they butchered. Oh. Um, Malcolm Marks overthrows. Not even, and Jim, you'll know more about this. A lot of those lineouts, England weren't even going up, and they and, were overthrows, weren't they? And do you know why? So you're looking at it. Who are they trying to hit? In the line-out. I didn't pay that much attention. Dwayne Vermeulen. 
he's, he's going out. Well, he's not. He's he's, hard, he's like one of your last jumpers, isn't he? Yeah. They were obviously worried about England's line-out, and rightly so, because that's why they had Cruz in there, uh, and Atoji. But they were trying to hit Vermeulen, and you look at how he was going up, mate. He was going up like a sack. I suppose it's not his fault. He's not a jumper. Mm. So I felt for Marks a little bit, mate. He was unmarked. The Mark, comment- Marks was unmarked. Marks was unmarked, get it? And the commentator said, oh, you know, why they were throwing the hard ball at the tail of the line-out? I'm like, it's the open ball. Like, mm. you, he, Marks should be able to hit him, but... Vermeulen's not a jumper, mm. like he's not, but they're using him because you saw Cruz and Atoji going up and down the line out and giving him the tail because Vermeulen's there, they're like, well, he ain't an option. And they did use him as an option and it didn't work. Yeah. So but they just couldn't sustain pressure. No, I thought South Africa were how physical. What's the name of the two centres? Dealande. Oh, Mon- mate. Monster. How good, how good was he? Mm. He was unbelievable, to be fair. Uh, and, it, you know, the whole balance between Starr and Bentir. Bentir put some decent hits in at times also, when, when people missed. were running straight at him. But decision-making, you could see how rusty he was. Decision-making in terms of who's your man, where to take, you know, working with Farrell and Slade, it was it was messy at times, let's call it that. And reality of it is, you know, South Africa in that first, I think we had 23% possession and territory in the first half. If we played like that against the All Blacks, we'd be 30 down at half-time, I reckon. And, you know, South Africa should have been 15, 20 up at half-time. They'd have been kicking themselves. And you go into half-time, Eddie Jones has probably gone in there and gone, fellas, they're fucking chucked the fucking kitchen sink at us. And they're only, I think, we what were we, two points down or something, or three points down at half-time? Yeah. Two points, yeah. Um, then you could see momentum could shift because England are like, fucking hell, we've been shit. But we picked it up in the second half. We played pretty well. Um, did we deserve to win? Eddie Jones said we did. Um, South Africa, that's a game that got away from South Africa. Not, we didn't go out and win the game. We, we had a bit of luck. We rode our luck, especially with the tackle at the end. And we hung in the fight. We were gutsy. Second half, we, we played a bit of decent rugby at, the, at times. And the reality of what South Africa, what really, really bizarre, some of their defence, flying in off the wing to tackle like the 13 and just leaving massive overlaps on the outside every time. And you just think, you know, when you're down on numbers, which they were at times defensively, it made it easy for England by flying in. Tio got a ball over the top. Really easy pass. Wasn't tough at all. Ashton did really well when he came on a couple of times. He because... was livid with Brad Shields. Did you see oh. that? <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, listen, England, we rode our luck. We were under the pump. You know, we scrapped and Mark Wilson comes on the podcast. England, man of the match. I, he was, you know, sometimes you agree with man of the match, sometimes you don't. 100% right choice. Yeah. I didn't realise he was that fit. But I thought he was a little bit old school. Always rated him. Yeah. Mate, he has cemented his place in that team. Yeah. Physically... He was in hashtag beast mode. He was. Mate, he was awesome. He was immense. I thought 20 minutes in that second half, maybe 60 minutes onwards, England looked very, very good. Yeah, we did. Very good. We couldn't couldn't finish off on the edge, but yeah, we did play some good stuff in that second half. Mate, Brad Shields holds on to that ball. England are scoring there. Yeah. But I don't know. I I reckon, okay, I'm not just saying that off the back of them beating South Africa. I reckon England got a chance. You don't, do you? No, I... I mean, there's obviously a chance we're on the same rugby field as the All Blacks. and Mate, so were we many a time, many a time, and there was no chance. I've said that before. Mate, I've said that before. Italy were on the same pitch as Ireland at the weekend. They had absolutely no chance. Yeah. Um, no, there is. We've got world-class players, and, you know, what I really enjoyed at the weekend was our, our bite, our sort of the guts and ticker that we showed throughout the game under immense pressure. And you've got players like Itoji that can, you know, cause havoc. Farrell throwing his shoulders around. I can't see us getting hosed by 50, but... You give New Zealand the opportunities that we gave South Africa. South Africa must have had four or five pretty decent try-scoring opportunities in the first half. Against the All Blacks, the All Blacks take three or four of those. And yeah. it's it's night-night, no biscuit. Mm. Game over. And that's the thing of just trying to take our game and imposing it on them as opposed to just soaking everything up. You soak, you soak up against the All Blacks, you're losing by 20 points. And do we have a chance? Of course we do. The pressure's off now in terms of we've got a big result. It was ugly as sin at times, but it's a big result. Um, you know, we've lost six of our last seven games or five of our last six test matches, whichever one Eddie w- wants to talk about. But that's a, you know, getting that result is huge for us in terms of positivity. We've got 16 players out, so good signs. You mentioned uh, Farrell throwing his shoulders around. You, you've been dying to talk about the prediction that you made last week. Well, yeah, yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? And it's not, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to work out that Farrell tackles that way and he's done it for a long time and the laws are changing and the interpretations are changing. It's a league shoulder that he leads with. That's his background. That's how he tackles. And he does it phenomenally well. Well, All I said on the podcast was, you only have to get that an inch wrong, and it's a straight red card, right? At the weekend, you know, there's all this uproar. You know, he hasn't been cited, so it's a right decision. It was never a red card decision. So he wouldn't have been cited. 
so he wasn't going to be cited. It was 100%, in my opinion, a tackle or a shoulder charge with no, you know, you're making contact with your right shoulder, your right arm has to be involved in the tackle. That's down by his side, tense throw in the shoulder, um, and it's definitely a penalty, 100% a penalty. And my, my take on it is you look at it and you go, flip it round. Elliot Daly's got the ball. Elliot Daly makes that sort of mazy little run, and someone like Jesse Creel or Diolande hoses Elliot Daly, exactly the same tackle. What's everyone at Twickenham saying? Exactly. They're saying it's a penalty. But that's what it is. That's, that's what sport is, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I tweeted about it, and I had the most engagement of a tweet ever. So, Goody, I'm going to carry on doing this. This is what you do. You send out tweets, you gain more followers. So I gained about 20 more followers off, off my tweet. <laughs> and I just said, if you're asking me, this is what rugby is. Play on and stop this ridiculous chain of red cards. What a tackle. I've seen so many not red cards lately. So I just tweeted that. But it's, not, Again, it's nowhere near a red card, though. That's not the debate. No, no, no. Yeah, but that's but we've seen red cards for stuff like that. That's what I'm saying. No. George Smith's. Yeah, but he's hit him up top. He's hit him where where they think they've made contact was on his chin. Yeah. There was no question. Farrell's not made any contact anywhere near his chin. People are like, oh, it's a high tackle. It wasn't a high tackle. Yeah, but that's what, not what yeah, anyone's but, saying. Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is my point is when people are coming back to me, they're saying, oh, it, it's a penalty. What are you on about? Yes, it is a penalty. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not a penalty. I'm saying my personal view... You are, because you said it's play on in your tweet. Did I? Do you? <laughs> <laughs> I've said play on and stop this ridiculous chain of red cards. I want to see tackles like that. That That's what I want to see as, a, as a rugby fan. But, but it's an illegal tackle. In today's in today's rugby climate, it is. But it always has been. Throw a shoulder. No, no, I don't think a tackle like that has. Well, mate, of, course, he, mate, of course it hasn't. You, we, we've seen massive monster hits over over years gone by. Here's the so, argument: if that is, and I, you know, I haven't tweeted this, but if that is a Fijian, a Tongan, a, any Pacific Islander, a Samoan, a Scotsman, <laughs> I'm telling you now, that's a penalty. They give a penalty okay. because that's that's so ingrained. why? So, so, so tell me this. Tell me this. Why haven't they give a penalty then? On I'll the tell, bit, on I'll the biggest what, stage. And, and here's why. Here's why. Why I think he hasn't given a penalty. One, because during the game, when uh, I think it was Pollard that missed, I don't know, I think he got one of the penalties, when Cruz got smashed in a tackle uh, and was turned over. Yeah. You hear, I can't remember who it was, you hear one of the players saying, was that not high shot? Because the second rows, Diaga and, who's that absolute monster? Who came on yeah. with a beard? Yeah. Snyman. Snyman. So when, when Cruz gets absolutely smashed Yeah, by Farrell him, runs in. It's Farrell who runs in, doesn't and he? About, you hear Farrell all the time on yeah. the ref mic, don't you? Ref, fucking hell, ref! And is it, uh, you know, asked if, it, if there's any arms in the tackle. So does he go, well, I haven't given some others, so I don't give that. Does he go, actually, I'm getting absolutely lynched here if I give a penalty because the ball's been kicked out. Everyone in the stadium, bar 3,000 South African fans, are cheering, going, yes, we won, why? But... He checked it, and fair play, he's checked it. Mate, there's so much... That he, is, the, he's, that he's, is he's, the biggest decision yeah. of his life. It's a huge decision. Of his and, life. And here's the other thing. If that's 30 minutes into the game and it's checked on the, on the TMO, or 50 minutes into the game, he gives a penalty. I guarantee it. Mm. I'm, I t- I'm agreeing with you. But I think it's a penalty. Because like in terms of in terms of the play pe- on, in your tweet, you no, said play on. I'm saying play on as in I want to see tackles like this. But I they're do. illegal, so it's a penalty. Well, obviously it's not illegal. We so, didn't give it. Goody. Like, this is, is the thing. What it's you're not, saying is you know it's illegal, but you want to see more of it. No, I'm not saying that, you shit stirrer. <laughs> Isn't that, no, I, that's what you're saying. I, I'm saying it's illegal in today's rule law book. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And this is what we were talking about before, the, the tackle with Will Spence. He shouldn't have been sent off, in my, in my opinion. In my opinion. Oh, yeah. By the letter of the law now, yeah. he should have been sent off because yeah. he made contact with the head. So that's where my mind's changing. I'm saying the game is being ruined. Farrell, as captain at that point has gone out for his country and absolutely obliterated him to win them the game. But but what? The argument is that should have been a penalty which could have lost us the game. So imagine we're sat so, right, so, yeah, now. Pen- that should have been a penalty imagine now. But do, do you want to see them all the time now? So going forward for the rest of the time... He's only got to lift his right arm yeah, Okay, whatever he's got he's to do. He's had a mind explosion. Yeah. yeah he I, shouldn't I, have done I, that. I think he's lost his shit. <laughs> I think that's why. <laughs> I think he's like, right, I've had enough. I'm flying out the line. But these big tackles... Because this, and we've slow-moded. We've seen pictures. I tweeted another picture about it where the tackle doesn't look that high 
and it's he's, not tri- and he's tried to clear- wrap his arm. He's been bounced no, off. No, no. Let's clear it up. But it's some not, people are it, saying it's high, but it's not. Enough. This is okay. the thing. So what, what, the, what the process we're talking about? Nothing to do with a high tackle. So you're just saying the arm's not because been because it's below the shoulder line. Mm. So the arm's not been wrapped. So his right, the, the contact point that he's made with his right shoulder, his arm is not engaged in that tackle at all. It's down by his side. It's clenched. He's thrown the shoulder, so it's a shoulder barge. So why have World Rugby then not said? I know this is not a red card. I tell you, but they, you but wait, they could have. They could have. They could have come out and said, right, we're going to cite it. There's no red card issue here. There's no citing issue. To be cited, it has to be a red card offence within that threshold. So there was no citing going to happen because he's made no contact with his chin, his head, or anything dangerous like that. The argument is, is it a penalty? Well, yes, it is, because with his shoulder that he's made contact with, there's no engagement from that arm. So it's not a citable offence. It's a borderline yellow card offence. It's probably a yellow card. And a penalty, and Pollard would have missed it anyway. So England still win. So why is why have World Rugby not come out and said that it's unacceptable? Then they've got a platform to be able to say it's not a red card, but you know it was potentially Watch a yellow space. card, or it should or it should have been a penalty. I believe the referees are all meeting today in Cardiff. So watch this space. And what what, what was the ref called? Angus Gardner mm. and Angus Gardner is going to be with the referees and this is what they do, how do, you, do you think he's going to be coy as fuck or no but this, like... this is the thing referees like players so we you know when we were players you watch a game you analyse a game you go through everything as a, as a player as an individual as a team what have we done well what can we work on what happened here what would you do again if you had this opportunity and that's what referees do you know I went to meet Wayne Barnes uh, and do a bit for do the interview for our subscription service on patreon.com do subscribe because that's got Andy Rowe the Mohawk with no Mohawk and then off the back of it, referees do that. So they'll all be discussing it and saying, "Yeah, that's that should have been a penalty." Yeah. But if you know, if you scrutinise every tackle in every game like that, what do you want World Rugby to do? Come out and say, "In minute thirty-six, there was a tackle, but no one remembers." Everyone remembers the foul thing. And and what World Rugby, I'd hope the referees or whatever, however it works, come out and say, moving forward, that should have been a penalty, or that's fine, play on. Like Erasmus said after the game, if that's a tackle and that's legal, then why aren't we doing it? Oh and, that, and that's if the they, thing. They start doing Imagine it. Imagine the Saffers do <laughs> The Afrikaans, yeah. the Dutch. But the it's there were so many high tackles. I was there watching that start. I thought, am I going to be an absolute nose now and stop every part where I can see a high tackle and screenshot it? What about uh, Johnny Mays? That's before that play. Yeah, it is, yeah. There's instances where you've got close quarter contact. So you've got Cruz, me on Willie Nose, taking the ball into contact, into two big South Africans, and that you're a yard, two yards away from each other, right? So you brace. Okay, Farrell's, for me, is premeditated that he's going to absolutely obliterate this guy. And that's why, that's, for me, that's the difference between all the ones that you can pause and go, well, this should have been a high tackle, that should have been. Some are high tackles accidental. Farrell's is premeditated in the sense of I'm going to obliterate him. Farrell's like I'm fucking giving this to him full barrel, boom, slams his shoulder in, and it's so it's a premeditated. I'm gonna try and smash him, mate. He's lucky. He's lucky he didn't fall into the tackle anymore. Mm. Do you know what I mean? We've seen guys get obviously knocked out. I, I've played alongside uh, alongside guys that have been knocked out. You know, Jeff Barlin uh, yeah. was one. I, I know it was just a very different tackle situation. He got knocked out because Barrett? it was Brad Barron and Richard Barrington yeah. and the wrong person got sent off in that game. But you're looking at that, two inches lower, and he is absolutely fogged, isn't he? But that's what, that's what World Rugby are trying to do, to get it out of the game, change people's techniques. And, you know, I remember defence coaches saying to me, you can't bend over, your belly's too big, so just aim up top and just hold on. So you, you target the chest area, the ball. World Rugby are now completely trying to lower everyone's sights to get away from any well, then close collisions yeah, yeah. With, with the head. So lower the sights, which now you're looking at around the gut area, which I had a ma- well, still got one, a massive gut. If they hit you in the belly, that hernia could explode. <laughs> and what happens with hernias? Like, can the hernia pop or not? Well, it comes out. I've had, I've had a couple. Well, that's what I mean. Well, I can see. Is that what that big lump is there? <laughs> so what do you guys make of Farrell's uh, start at 10? Only his third start at 10 under Eddie Jones. I thought it was awesome. What about when he went down with a hit pointer? He took a big shot, didn't he, when he put someone on in the inside? Yeah, so it was a set play, and the whole of the Twickenham crowd was booing. Because it was actually, I think it was Esther Hazen that flew out the line and, and hit him. And it was a perfectly legal hit. It was just a big collision. And actually, as a 10, you ask Farrell, that's what you want a defender to do. You want a defender to fly out the line at you to put that little ball on the inside to make the half break. I thought Farrell was brilliant. Um, some of our attacking stuff, first half we didn't touch the ball really. Second half, some of the shapes we put on were good. We just struggled on the edges to convert. You know, Elliot Daly should have given it Johnny May. I thought Brad Shields struggled. I thought he was all right. I just thought defensively. Too high in collisions. I didn't think he played very well, I'll be, I'll be honest. It's easy to watch. I said that before. It's much easier to, to judge. Um, for me, 
I don't know if he'll play this week. He'll have to, I think. Curry's out. So it'd be interesting to see, actually, do they bring in Underhill? Matt, I thought it was Zach, Zach Matt, sorry, that's what I wanted to say. Underhill, for me, against the South Africans, would have been unbelievable. Because mm. he's he is one of the most physical chop tacklers around. Yeah. So it's an interesting call, actually, I reckon he'll play. whether you play Underhill at seven now. Because Curry's out, so the only other out-and-out seven in the squad is Underhill. Yeah. So he has to play. Or, do you say to Mercer, can Mercer came on at eight? He was awesome. Wilson moved to six. Mercer was unbelievable. That'll be the back that's, row. It, that's his debut. Yeah. He's come on and he was flying. Mate, Wilson, it, it, Wilson was amazing. Or do you, you know? Do you find a way of playing those three with Shields and saying one of you, Mercer, go and play seven? Or do you actually just pick Underhill and say, there you go, mate, you're there at seven? I'd pick Underhill personally, uh, but we'll see. In, instead of who, did you say? My back row, I'm going Underhill at seven, Mercer at eight, and uh, Mark Wilson at six. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I think. We agree. They... Yeah, we are. We Look agree. at this! I like your oh. hair. I like your hair. But it's good hair, I think it? they've got a, they've got a chance of beating New Zealand. They're the three that need to play. Hepburn struggled in the scrum massively. Again, we were chatting about it before. Moon plays for Exeter. Hepburn comes on. That's been the general consensus this season. Moon did well, didn't he? He did. Eddie Jones. Oh fuck it! Let's just do it the other way around, mate. I tell, I tell him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I know what you mean. What? Why? Did you guys catch up on the comments that Eddie Jones made? Would you make of them? A bit weird, wasn't it? Look, the, well, quest, the question was: Was you know, is that one of your biggest? wins of your tenure and he's gone oh you fellas want to get me the sack so you can rub your hands together the next guy comes in and attack him as well but you've got a great Aussie accent was it? I thought yeah it was no, more... really good oh, thank, thanks, yeah, you didn't sound German you sounded <laughs> yeah Aussie uh, it's interesting it shows that the pressure he's under massive pressure whether or not he had a cold sore there you go he had a cold sore on his lip that shows the pressure yeah I saw one why? Yeah. why is he doing that? that's Eddie, that's Eddie Jones mate, is it, is it's it... not the Eddie Jones show this is why the media want you gone because you're because you're just saying ridiculous things that that shouldn't be the person at the helm of English rugby I don't think well, this that's, is the thing that, with that, it I think it's just Eddie Jones trying to deflect away from his players again and making it more about himself. And but what do you mean deflect from his players? His players deserve praise this week. I thought that as well, but the you know the performance, especially in the first half, wasn't that great. And I don't know whether he just wanted to get a, a soundbite out there for to pick up the headlines Maybe. away from that. Maybe and it might be intelligent. It might be crazy. It might be who knows? It's the Eddie show. Well, it might be. You know what I mean? We might be here and be like, mate, like you're a joker, and then they go and beat New Zealand and they win the World Cup, and it might be a stroke of genius. Well, we've got a man on the line who made his debut for England on Saturday and played pretty well, actually. It's Zach Mercer. He's on the line. Zach, thank you very much for joining us. No worries. Zach, thanks for coming on. Goody was just saying he didn't think you played that well when you came on at the weekend, Max. <laughs> <laughs> mate, what a debut. You come off the bench. Um, you know, I actually said you should have been starting, but, you know, mate, how good a feeling was that when you came on? Yeah, it was, um, it was a massive achievement for me and my family, and it's something that you always want to do, and to finally achieve it, it's, it's, pre- it's pretty cool. And, yeah, it was an emotional day, and it's a very special one that I'll, uh, I'll probably take to the grave with me. Mate, of course. And your old man being the Scots Kiwi... Englishman that he is now, like, how was he? I mean, I can't even imagine the emotion that that he was having. Did he sing the anthem? Did he shed a tear? Uh, I got a text in the morning before to say he's already shed a tear. Um, so I'm, I'm sure he was doing it throughout the game. And um, yeah, he had one proud family that day. And uh, he's obviously he's seen me as a kid working up, and uh, he's finally I uh, finally achieved uh, playing rugby on the international stage. No, mate, you made the right choice for England, not Scotland, like Jim. Um, <laughs> the reality of it is, you know, it's your first cap. It's an amazing feeling. You get these messages from all your family, your friends, and all this stuff. How nervous were you before the game? Did you treat it as another game? And it's interesting because people will say, some players go, it's just another game, doesn't really matter, I'll just prepare the same. But it can't be just another game, can it? No, I didn't have that. Yeah, it was a similar mentality, but no, you, obviously it is another game, but it's an international game in front of 80,000 people at Twickenham and it's your first cap. But it was, it was a weird one because obviously I was on a minute into the second half, so I didn't really have time to dwell on anything. I didn't really have time to think. And I was literally just on the field and I was into a scrum straight off and it was kind of it all happened so fast and I didn't really have any nerves because it... I didn't have time. I didn't have time to think. So it's probably the best way and the best result uh, happened for me there. And obviously, coming off the bench, huge emotions and excitement and all that stuff. You had a huge impact on the game as well in terms of how you played. Not enough people have actually mentioned that you get the turnover. Harry Williams shins it off the field, and we win the game. Um, what was the chat around the change rooms afterwards with that tackle with Owen Farrell? Because a lot of people are saying it was borderline. A lot of people were saying it was fine. Play on. You know, guys must have been chatting about it in the change rooms, were they? Uh, not really. All the boys were just happy to, to get the win. It was a, a real tough game throughout, so to, to get the win was awesome. And but for me, that that tackle was just a just shows the physicality of, uh, of Faz and um, what his mentality is like and credit to him he, there's not many boys that put the body on the light like he did in, in that situation and obviously the referee reviewed it and said it was a fair tackle so for us we were just happy to get the win and uh, 
uh, yeah, we haven't really looked into it, to be honest. Everyone's talking about Billy being injured and that void that he's left. Mate, but you're, you're up over 110 kgs now, aren't you? Oh, yeah, I put a bit of weight on, mate. Do, do the guys in the team, like yourself, do you feel pressure with, with Billy not being there? Or is it just, you know, that this running, running ability that you've got? Like, has the coaches spoke to you about where you personally fit into the team? Um, obviously, uh, I, I can't emulate what Billy does because Billy's world-class in his field of uh, real tight ball carries and smashing through boys. I'm slightly different to that. So, for me, I've just, I've just got to stick to what I'm good at and try and back myself in that, in that kind of uh, the way I play. But I'm also I'm happy to uh, adapt the way I play to get into to fit into the England system and um, where whatever Eddie wants me to play. And then I'll I'll, I'll try my best and do that. But um, obviously it's a, it's a big miss uh, not having Billy and Nathan here to learn from. But if I get an opportunity, then I'll, I'll try my best to take it again. And obviously uh, a bit of a historical thing when you win your first cap, you have to sing a song on the bus or in the changing room. Uh, have you done that yet, or are you leaving it to the end of the autumn? And if so, what? your song um no so it hasn't been done yet um so i, I presume it'll be done towards the end well i hope so anyway i was gonna go for some, some like a classic like gloria gainer or something like that you know for some reason i know the lyrics that i think i did it when i was at school so um mate it was a very uh posh call up in murkison you were at mate so i'm sure that I'm sure, I'm sure there was a number um Mate, a little bit on this weekend's game and your dad being a former New Zealand Rugby League international, which makes you, I think we've worked out before, one-eighth Maori. Yeah. So that's why you're pretty good at rugby because you've got a bit of Maori in you. Um, but that's going to be a pretty special occasion. I know you're not going to tell us you know, your involvement, but I'm, I'm sure you're definitely going to be involved. This is the biggest game, I can say that, because pl- pl- played in a, a couple for Scotland and uh, the, when, when the All Blacks come to town, it doesn't get any bigger. Are you feeling that this week? Has your dad mentioned it? Um, we haven't really touched on it, really. We've, we had a little walkthrough this evening. Um, so Obviously, like you said, it, we're playing New Zealand at Twickenham, one of the best teams in the world, so it's going to be a special occasion. Um, yeah, for me personally, I've, I've really looked into it. I've just got to train well again and hopefully try and get in the, the, the match day 23. And uh, If I get an opportunity to do that, it will be a pr- another proud moment. Obviously, my dad being Kiwi, and uh, there will be a... Some split opinions within the New Zealand family, I'm sure, but um, it would be, be a good one to be involved in, definitely. Oh, mate, it'd be a huge game. And just going back to your history, you know, people do or don't know that you played for Scotland in the 16s and in the 17s as well, didn't you? Yes, I did, yeah. Um, what reasons for choosing England? At the time, I, I just lived in Scotland and... Um, you had, to, play, you had to, to play for them, right? Yeah, I just wanted to play, <laughs> play international rugby at that age and anyone at that age wants to and Scotland developed me into a player and I decided to sign for Bath and Scotland decided that they didn't want to play me at under 18s level and England came calling and that was it really and um, I always wanted to play for England but um, at that time Scotland was there and they, they gave me all the all the fundamentals and uh, materials that I needed and uh, I ended up getting pushed towards England and I'm, I don't regret that decision at all. Yeah, Jim always wanted to play for England as well, he just wasn't good enough. <laughs> hey mate, all I'm saying is 25 grand again, I know you don't want to talk about it, but if you get this second game, I know that your dad's seen this Ford Focus that he really wants with leather, <laughs> with, with leather interior, mate. Ford Focus, he'll be like an Audi in him. <laughs> Zach, just quickly before we let you go, obviously uh, you spoke about being one-eighth Māori in, in New Zealand heritage. What does it mean for someone like you Facing a hacker. Um, yeah, I, I did it with the 20s last year in the World Cup final, and it's a, it, you've got to give it respect because it's it is a unbelievable thing that they do, and so you've got to respect it. But at the same time, you, you've got to make sure that you've got to go toe to toe against them, and the boys will do that this weekend. And yeah, it would be it would mean a lot um, to face a New Zealand hacker. But like I said, all I've got to do is train well this week and, and try and get in that match day squad. And if it does happen, then it'll be it'll be a dream come true again. Mate, you're definitely in it. The way you're playing for Bath for England off the bench, you, mate, you are in it. You are starting. Well, can you come and pick the team? Oh, mate, I'll pick you every week, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, he's your new best friend. Hey, Jack, thanks for coming no on, mate. Cheers, guys. Good man. Mate, good, good lad. Good lad. I've, I've, I say, yeah, I, yeah, I've known him for a few years. Yeah, I have. I watched him at Merkston Castle randomly. Uh, I was seeing there, Rob Moffat was there, a former coach of Edinburgh. Mate, I watched the game and I was like, who is this dude with a scrum cap yeah. running around? Tall, gangly, almost like a better version, he's going to kill me for saying it, of James Forrester. That's what he looked like when I was watching him play. Yeah. And then... He came down to Sarries. His old man brought him down. I know his, his old man, Gary. Old school. Old school. He was coaching Glasgow at the time. And his dad has obviously said, look, in order for you to get a, become a better player, we need to get you in the premiership, tout you around a few different clubs. 
I remember on a Monday he comes in, and Monday's a walkthrough. Okay, so we're walking through, absolutely fucked from the game. Yes, Goody, it was probably Harlequins. That's why I was playing. I was so tired. <laughs> Let me say it before. And he's he, he come in, and he was, mate, he was so impressive as yeah. a player. Yeah. To, and, and I was doing a bit of coaching at the time in the academy. I was like, we need to get this guy in. And he, he wasn't overlooked. I think they offered him something at Saracens. But he's gone down down to Bath, and they've obviously seen maybe thirty grand something better in him. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's not 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 just that though. But you look at it, and he, he mentions that he, he was playing for Scotland 16s, 17s. They didn't pick him at the eighteens. And you're like, if you're Scotland and you've got a player like that, surely you do what you can to keep him. Yeah, mate, it's crazy. That's, uh, that's, that's what happens though. Like some do slip through the net, don't yeah. they? Because you look, you profile him like to look at, mate. He didn't look like an absolute beast. Brad Shields probably visually, aesthetically, looks miles better than him. Like, but you watch, mate. Mate, he's he's it, so talented. Yeah, he's, he's, he's so talented. And you know, his speed, his footwork, his power. Exactly, he's just one of them guys that's naturally strong. It, you know, yeah, it's 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 one of them. <laughs> I just wish I, I wish I had something like that. <laughs> yeah. It's not. Well, he's, you know? he's, it's interesting. He, he's pretty young. Um, so what is he? Twenty. Um, I, I remember last year he was in the. I think he was in the Six Nations squad last year. Yeah. And uh, I was commentating on a game for BT Sport in the Anglo-Welsh Cup at the time on a Friday night. I think it was Bath, Leicester, down in Bath. He came back to Bath and asked to be on the bench and asked to play. I mean, what a bloke. Yeah, yeah, for, for a club that obviously Bath have taken him and taken that opportunity, given him uh, a contract, and now he's playing week in, week out. And, right, that, yeah. and that's how you get that DNA of a club into a player. And he wants to go back and play for Bath last of year. Course. It was amazing. So, brilliant bloke. Hope he starts this weekend. Only decision is, does he start at six or eight? He's one of these guys who's just confident, isn't he? And he's made the best decision ever. He said he's English. Mate, got his old man. Ford Focus for Christmas. <laughs> Leather interior with furry dice. Jim, you were at the Wales Scotland game. What did you make of that? Shite. Yeah, crap game. Crap game, which was a shame, really, um, because the build-up, you know, everything around the build-up with Doddy Weir, which we spoke about last week, didn't we, in terms of raising awareness. It was amazing. Again, it was one of them. We saw Doddy come on the pitch for the New Zealand game, bring the ball on with his with his, uh, his sons. He came on with his wife this time, and you're like, oh, you know, does he want to be doing that again? But the same emotion was there. The reception that he got off the crowd um, in the Principality Stadium was amazing. It, it spine tingling. And, and Wales to play is one of the best places mm. to play. The stadium's unbelievable. Roof, yeah, roof mate, closed. Roof closed. Unbelievable. And it was it was classified potentially as a dead rubber. It was a friendly. I thought that there was going to be a, a lot more physicality from the Scotland guys. Uh, Wales didn't really get out of second gear. And, yeah, I mean, it, it was poor in that sense. I mean, Hugh, Hugh Jones missed a couple of tackles, didn't he? Yeah, he, Hugh Jones missed, he was poor, missed a couple of tackles. Actually, uh, I, w- I watched the first one when George North scores, and he, he bites in too hard himself, and that's his mistake. So he bites in too hard, then gets fended turns by... Turns out, gets fended by George North, which you give George North a, a, a weak shoulder to brush through and he will get through it. So that first one, he's made the error because he's bitten in too hard on a on a decoy runner that someone else had. The second one, when he gets palmed off by Jonathan Davis, all his inside defence have hung him out to dry by. Yeah. Everyone's biting in, and then he's like, oh my God, I've got four people to defend, and then gets palmed off because he's in a soft shoulder position. Yeah, it's not an so easy tackle. He, but the second one isn't, I'd say there's more, as a coach, you're looking at it, as a fan, you're looking at it going, that's terrible defence, he's missed a tackle, he's got palmed off by Jonathan Davis, Jonathan Davis runs through scores. As a coach, looking at it going, what the hell are the four inside defenders doing? Yeah all trying to fly in a mark, hit one guy. Um, so he's been hung out to dry a little yes, bit. Yes, well, he went in the changing room, apparently apologised after the game, straight after, which I don't think he should have done, really, because for them reasons, like, Hughes Doge didn't play well because he didn't get the ball in attack. Like, literally, just didn't get the ball. Wales' defence was really good. Bat row was amazing. Lydia, uh, Tipperick was was outstanding again. Mate, Wales didn't get out of, get out of second gear. Scott, and Scotland can't win away from home, can mate, they? They, they, they? No go forward whatsoever. They, had, they, they still could have won the game. Uh, Johnny Gray, they've got like within a couple of inches of the line, double movement. Uh, George Horn's chipped over the breakdown um, towards the end of the game for his brother Pete Horn, who drops the ball over the line. But yeah. Well, the, yeah good, pretty... the good thing about it is the WIU and the SIU obviously clearly listen to the podcast. Oh, they mm. do. They do. Uh, because, you know, we, we talked about it last week, said so it was a disgrace, gave them the ugly, and then they donate a six figure sum to My Name's Dolly <laughs> Foundation. You're yeah. welcome. Adam Hastings at 10, what do you make of his performance? Oh, mate, Adam Hastings, quality player. Anyone who's watched Glasgow this season, hashtag always Glasgow. Um, they would have seen so you're, you're a Glasgow fan, not an Edinburgh fan. No, you Edinburgh play for fan, mate. You oh, which said, one? Yeah. Pick one. Edinburgh. Okay. Mate, he's a good player. No front football whatsoever. Absolutely nothing. Mm. And it was as simple as that. There's nothing really to speak about. Nothing really happened in the game. Uh, Adam Hastings likes to take the ball to the line. 
he's got a good boot on him exciting player very similar to Finn Russell but I think now Stuart Hogg's back in the squad this week he was doing a few laps with his new hairdo new hairdo FaceTimed me as well FaceTimed me on the Friday night because um, he, he was doing some running at the Glasgow game um, and then he, he was seeing if I was keen for Wine Street and then basically I was on the toilet FaceTiming him what in a nightclub in a no bar? no in, before I went out oh. in, in my hotel room I was going to say do you, does anyone sit on the toilet in a bar in a, oh, oh yeah horrible no you can't shit in public when I go out, if I drink, I need to go to the toilet regularly. Oh, so you'll sit down in a club toilet. Well, what do I stand up and go for a shit? Like, well, I mean, that's gonna be pretty messy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you weird. This is why we call them the weird fish. Um, Wales six straight on the trot now. Uh, first time since 2012. Quietly, sort of doing quite well now, aren't they? Mate, Wales a good team. Like we've always said that, haven't we? They've got strength and depth coming through. And for me now, Scotland need to be looking at targeting the Six Nations. Scotland. Everyone's thinking about the World Cup now. Wales, Ireland, I mean England maybe not, are, are talking about the World Cup. Scotland don't want to be talking about the World Cup. They ain't going to win the World Cup, let's face it. Like they're, they're, they're not. They're also not going to win the Six Nations. But they might do. No chance, Mate, They might Jim. do, Goody. Everyone's no talking. Mate, they've got a massive opportunity. They've got to go to Twickenham. And what? And when, so, was the lo- so, when was the last time you ever won at well, Twickenham? It's got, it's got to happen at some point. Look at you being so bullish now, <laughs> so, arrogant English. So if everyone's talking about it, what are they saying? Why could, why could they win? Why could Scotland win this yeah, situation? They yeah. can't. Mate, well, I just think they can. I, I just think that everyone now is looking forward to the World Cup. And and this is what really annoyed me playing for Scotland. You were shit. We, yeah. <laughs> Mate, we were. We, the backs were shocking. But everything, I don't know whether it's because a coach comes in, is like, so we're two years out from a World Cup. Everything's geared towards the World Cup. I'm thinking, what about Romania next week? <laughs> you know, what about Italy in the Six and eight? Forget about the World Cup. We just and, want two wins. Yeah, we just want to win. I, I just thought, like, I don't, I don't know why we're speaking about it. Then we go to New Zealand. We're on this plane home with the Russian team. I mean, I was in first class and the, the poor buggers were in economy. I mean, so that was nice and that was about it. Whereas I think now, as a Scotland team, I know we're not speaking about Wales, as a Scottish team, they need to be thinking, we've got an opportunity at this Six Nations. Let's go all out for this. Not that they wouldn't anyway, but I don't know whether Wales and Ireland, are they going to play their strongest team throughout? Like, so Ireland, for example, you look at Ireland, is Sexton's fit for every Six Nations game? Would you play him every game to try and win the Six Nations? I don't know. I think we've seen we've seen Sexton now. You know what he can do on the biggest stage. Yeah, World Player of the Year, mm. I think. Okay, well, we'll see if after Clerk. <laughs> but with Ireland, like, they've got an opportunity to rest him during the Six Nations mm. and see if other guys can come into the team. Mm. And do well. And Wales have got, you know, Wales have got Anscombe at ten. Didn't really get tested at the weekend. Everyone knows what Dan Bigger can do. Are they going to look at different players? You know, in the second row, Alan Wynne Jones. Everyone knows what he can do. Is he going to play every game in the Six Nations? What you're saying is Scotland are going to put the first team out every game. <laughs> everyone else puts the shags out. Please, they've got a chance. Please, just tell me there's a chance. <laughs> uh, Ireland did pretty well over the weekend as well. What did you make of that game? Well, Italy put the bin man out. I watched the. Uh... <laughs> I listen. No matter what Ireland team plays. You know, Jordan Lama. Ridiculous. What a player. Gets a hat-trick, but his last try, the footwork. Inside step, outside step. Um, uh, You know, they were exceptional. Italy, they put the shags out. Well, this is their game. They've got Georgia this weekend. I spoke to Conor O'Shea on the phone, actually, a couple of weeks ago, just thanking him for the warm reception I got in Italy for the Explorer show, which should be out soon, uh, for the millions of you that are asking out there. Um, and, And he said, he said, look, he said that, Italy are on a different path. You know, they, they're not speaking about the World Cup. They're out to save Italian rugby because people are t- saying that they don't deserve to be in the Six Nations. Yeah. It should be Georgia. Yeah. You know, what about Romania? There should be a tier system. So he knows that this is the biggest game yeah. in their recent history yeah. when they play Georgia at the weekend. And Georgia know it's their biggest game for them people to think, actually, Georgia should be in and World Rugby should be looking at us. Yeah. Italy have got a massive game against Georgia at the yeah. weekend. World Rugby have announced their shortlist for Player of the Year. Bowden Barrett, Rico Ioanni, Malcolm no, Marks, Faf no. de Klerk, or Johnny Sexton. Johnny Sexton. Yeah. Well, it's a three-way shootout for me, I reckon. Johnny Sexton, Faf de Klerk, and Rico Ioanni. Yeah. Sexton's won a Grand Slam that he had a huge part in. And Champions Cup. And, Champions and Cup, and Pro 14, goes to Australia with Ireland. They lose the first test. He plays the next two tests. They win the series over there. You know, in a, and it's a calendar year that we're talking about. You know, these autumn internationals have a big impact. So Fafter Clark's back in the South Africa squad this weekend to play France. If he plays well, then it puts him back in the mix. Fafter Clark has played exceptionally well, but you know they lost to Argentina. Yeah, you didn't, didn't see Ireland doing that, did you? I yeah. think the talking points of the season though have been what? South Africans' revival and then smashing New Zealand. 
Well, it's not going to be Malcolm Marks, is it? Not after Saturday. He was England's best forward. So we've all gone Johnny Sixton. Right. No, Jim's gone Faf. No, I think Faf okay. the club oh. might win it. I just think that they might look at something a bit different. Guy with a great little hair. He looks like the guy off uh, blonde version of the guy of Shrek. You know, the, the little prince guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he used to have done that. Yeah. Yeah, Let's good. look at the weekend quickly. England versus New Zealand. We've kind of covered that off. I think New Zealand, England got a chance, but New Zealand win. Is it a big win? Is it a tight win? Do they outmuscle them? What happens? I think they probably end up winning by 15. It'll be seven points in it, eight points in it, something like that. And then towards the end, they'll get another try and... It'll be more comfortable than perhaps it necessarily was. You know, having got a chance, of course we have. Uh, but, you know, the, we've got to play a hell of a lot better than we did at the weekend. If we give the opportunities, and we said it before, that we gave to South Africa, you know, New Zealand notoriously take, you know, if they give, you give them five opportunities, they take four every game. So that's the difference. I think if it's raining, England will win. So, so I'm calling it. So I'm at Twickenham, and if it's raining, you're saying England are winning? Yeah. And what are you putting on that? <laughs> It's not about putting anything okay. on it. It's predictions. Wales, Australia. Well, they, uh, I think Wales are going to win. Do you think? Mate, they've not beaten Australia. How long has it been? 13 games or something, is it? Yeah. I, yeah. Wales are primed to right now because Australia aren't in their sort of best moment under under Checker. I don't know. I, I just think that hoodoo continues in Australia. If they, yeah. If they speak about the World Cup and Wales have got a chance, they have to beat Australia. Yeah. Ireland, Argentina. Ireland all day long. Ireland all day long. France, South Africa. Tough one, actually, Ooh. isn't it? I'm going to say South Africa. I'm going to say France. I think France is going to win. I think they need a big, big game. And we've already covered <laughs> off the big game of the weekend, Scotland, Fiji. Come on, Fiji. What? Why would you support Come Fiji? Come on, Fiji. You're British, Goody. I'm English, mate. We're going, we're going to Edinburgh on Thursday. Oh, we are. You need to be really can I say, careful. Can I say that on Thursday? No, you can't. Will I get stabbed? You won't get. Why would you get stabbed? Because it's Scotland, mate. You're going to Edinburgh, not Glasgow. Yeah. Uh, dinner on Thursday night in Edinburgh. Uh, I'm going to say I love Scotland. A security guard needed. Um, it's going to be tough. It's Fiji are a very good team, and they are a bogey team to Scotland, but not at Murrayfield. It's interesting, actually. When you look at the game and you think Fiji could rip any team to pieces at any moment in a game, and Scotland under Gregor Townsend like to play that fast-paced, loose game at times, if they get too loose, it would suit Fiji. But you rein it in, a bit of set-piece, bit of Jim Hamilton. I can see you don't want to talk about this game, Goody. I could just see. It's no, no. <laughs> I'd, I'd, you know, I'd like Fiji to win. But Would I'm, you say I'd... this is the big game of the weekend or not? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's probably the last one that anyone's bothered Oh, about. you're horrible. Um, but no, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say Fiji. Okay. No, Scotland win. We've got a couple of social media questions. Eight Man Rugby's tweeted in. In your careers, who had all the chat but couldn't back it up on the pitch? What, the all-fart no poo? Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll go with one. Um, I feel bad about this. Mate, don't feel bad. You, you're literally, you know, well, you, you never Co- feel bad. Cockers was classic, wasn't he? Yeah. Cockers was the worst one. He'd, he'd start a fight. Goody used to give, call him all fart, no poo. That's what he used to call him. <laughs> give it, you know, give it the big one. Throw a little jab and then hide behind Martin Johnson. And Jono would just clip people for fun. Um, so Cockers was the aggravator, shall we say. Mm. Elliot Bray's tweeted in, with the upcoming tests in Europe, what are your perceptions of the Wallabies? Do English, Welsh, Scottish fans fear us anymore, or are we simply seen as the easy beats now? The game here in Oz is in a bit of trouble. Massive fan of the pod from Sydney, Australia. Scotland, Australia, I th- always think now that Scotland are going to beat Australia. That's what I think. Imagine if England or Scotland or Ireland or Wales, for example, had to play New Zealand. Always said that. Four t- is it four times well, a year? That's, why Argentina, a year? that's mm. why Argentina... Have got better, yeah, and they've got these worn-off big games in them yeah. because they play against well, yeah. New Zealand a lot, but yeah, and South Africa. We talk about. Do I expect England to beat Australia last game? Of course I do. We we we've got a very good record against them in the autumns at Twickenham, but Australia have got that world-class players in their squad in their team um, and could beat anyone over here on their day. And you know, it's it's bizarre, isn't it? Wales find it difficult to beat Australia. They haven't done in God knows how many games. England, we can't beat them in a World Cup, but we cruise past them in the autumns and stuff so and Scotland obviously smashed them last time out so I don't think they're seen as a soft touch by any means they're just in they have a tougher fixture list than any other team because they play the All Blacks more than anyone else and you know that knock on effect builds pressure you know their player pool isn't massive is it but you know I really like Checker. he's the sort of coach that you'd love to play for I yeah, reckon I'm a big fan of Checker as um, well so you know they will always be there or thereabouts rumour mill any rumours floating around at the moment guys there's a few actually Ollie Devoto Big fan of him. Mm. Mate, well, what's he? he's, he's not done much, has he? He left Bath. A little bit to do with Mike Ford, from what I hear. Uh, and certain things, the way he was treated. Uh, but the chat of him going back to Bath, which would be great for Bath. Yeah. Big news this week here in Reed. 
Yeah. He is putting himself in the shop window if anyone is. Smart. Well, after the World Cup, I will not be playing any more international rugby. I want to go overseas. How much do you want to pay me? Show me the euro. <laughs> so, well, I mean, you can throw any team, aren't you? But Racing Metro, they're the ones, as soon as they've heard that, they're on the phone. Kieran, send me in, come me in. How much do you want, mate? How much do you want? Pay me two mail, all right. I'm over. <laughs> so Another another Kiwi, Sam Whitelock to Toulon. Toulon are going to bust the bank. Baptiste Serran as well, scrum off, leaving Bordeaux, going to Toulon potentially. They are splashing the cash. Yes, they are. Charlie Yules potentially going to Leicester Tigers. Leicester need a lock, mm. don't they? They need to recruit. Jack Singleton to Wasps. No comment. Cordero maybe to Wasps. No comment. Mate, Wasps throwing it about, in not they? Mm-hmm. I mean, who said they were bankrupt, eh? Yeah, you did, Jim. Did I? I can't yeah. remember that. I'm surprised you've left it, let it go this week. All right, let's wrap things up with the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's uh, see where what's been good, what's been bad, and what's been ugly in rugby over the last week. So I've got something good. Oh, yes. Yeah, but I d- we didn't mention it last week. It's almost a week old. Okay. But we've got to give the budgie smuggler guys yes. a shout. Because the UK guys, TJ, Steely, and Ewan... Won it. They won it. They went Go over on, to lads. Australia... And they won the Ashes of Ordinary. Is that right? Yeah, they did. And that, I mean, it's big, big news. We should have broke it last week. We got carried away at Twitter, and we didn't. So I'm giving my good this week to the budgie smuggler guys of the UK, TJ, Steely, and Ewan. And you thought you had big boobs, Goody. Well, yeah, we were there, and we voted for them, and I sent those three guys to Australia. You did? I was on the panel next to um, Joanna May Parker. And Sherman Frost. Inside. He came to the live show on Tuesday. Did he? Yeah, he said he had to leave just before the end. Wow. Um, but he messaged me on Insta. Yeah, so we sent them out to Australia and we dominate the Aussies. Yeah, That means you. we have more ordinary rigs than the Australians. What else has been good? Plenty of good. Um, we'll start off at Twickenham. Damien Diolande. What a performance. He was the absolute star for South Africa. But the flip side of that is obviously England won, which was great. Twickenham crowd were buzzing. Mark Wilson was unbelievable. Deserved man of the match for him. Comes on the pod. Talks to us, yeah, I'm just going to get my head down and work hard. Bang. England's best player. Unbelievable. Sticking with the international scene, and we gave them the ugly last week, the WRU and the SRU. We gave them the ugly for not donating to Doddy's foundation. And lo and behold, they listen to the podcast and they donate. So that's good this week. Obviously, donating six figures to the My Name's Doddy Foundation. Um, still international rugby, Jordan Lama. He's unbelievable, isn't he? Meh. <laughs> is that the noise of a llama or not? I, I think so, that'll yeah. do. That'll I think do. they spit as well. Is that an alpaca? Go on, spit then, yeah, Jim. <laughs> I don't spit. I don't spit. I don't, I'll do the other one. Jordan Lama. Uh, his hat-trick, uh, including an absolute worldie of his last try. Uh, Jim, you're horrible, man. <laughs> I tried to ignore it, but I couldn't. Um, that was outstanding. Uh, what else was good this week? I'm going to say Sarah Cox, not the Radio 1 DJ. The referee, she was the first woman ref um, to have a game in the Premiership Cup. Wasps against Northampton yesterday. Thought she ref pretty well as well. It was uh, great to see us expanding our horizons in rugby. That was good. Worcester, my old club. Can't go a week without talking about one of my old clubs. Their third straight victory at Welford Road against Leicester. I have Leicester lost. I mean, Worcester's team, I did see it. I mean, it, it was full noise. It was, it was Worcester's first team against the Leicester semi-mixed veg. Um, oh, they started half decent too. But uh, yeah, so I think they were 26 nil up at half time, yes. Worcester were. Um, so outstanding from Worcester. Gethin Jenkins, we haven't talked about him, but he's retired after an amazing career. 129 caps, four Six Nations titles, three Grand Slams, two Lions Tours. Unbelievable and a, and a partridge in a pear tree. And a partridge in a pear tree. Amazing career. So big shout out to Gethin. Uh, that's pretty good. But the good this week goes to Jersey Rugby Club. They beat London Irish at home in the game that. And we talked about earlier in the season, got postponed. But the good isn't about just the win. It is one of the best tries you can ever watch. Put it on my Twitter feed. The try was scored by Augie Slowick. What a name. Uh, length of the field effort. Scrum under pressure on the five-metre line. Scrum off, bounces out, beats Blair Cowan, beats Cuppermore, gets the offload away. Some of the passing, end-to-end stuff. Unbelievable try. The good- Almost like they were evading tax. Like that. Yeah, sorry. Oh, in Jersey. Yeah, well done, Jim. Done that. Yeah, yeah, well done, yeah, Jim. Sorry, so the good this week goes to Jersey Rugby Club. All right, then. And their worldy well try. Hell yeah. The bad. Uh, we'll start off at Twickenham. They're Malcolm Marks and he's throwing in. Pretty much cost them the game, I reckon. And yeah. you talk about whether it was Vermeulen in the line-out. No, he was, just way, he was just way off the mark. But yeah, Jim. So <laughs> Mal- Malcolm Marks uh, and he's throwing in um, Scotland. What? Scotland are going to involve in the bad this week. 
That's 15 losses to Wales in the last 17 games. You talk about Wales having a bad record against Australia. That's nearly as bad. 15 losses out of 17, Jim, for Scotland. As you said, it wasn't really a great game. Scotland didn't turn up. Um, so that was pretty bad. What else was bad this week? Dragons? Yeah, the Dragons. This is the bad this week. The Dragons. It's three and a half years since they've won away from home in the league. 37 defeats on the spin. And they lost again at the weekend away at... Connor. Well done, Jim. You watched the Pro 14. <laughs> the Guinness Pro 14. Um, so the bad this week goes to Dragons. 37 losses away from home in the league in a row. And the ugly. There's two ugly things this week for me. One's very close to home. And one's a little bit further away from home. We'll start with one ugly thing. So we're going to talk about Julian Severe. And he oh. fell asleep at the wheel at the weekend. Saw that. Uh, and flipped his car. Now, you go back a few years, and Jerry Collins, similar sort of thing happened. Um, so, the good news is, Julian Surveyor's okay, but the bad news, obviously, fell asleep at the wheel. His missus tweets that anyone that knows Julian is always falling asleep. Just don't drive late, just don't drive. So, yeah. that could have been ugly. It wasn't ugly, luckily. The ugly this week goes to Andy Rowe. It's not the first time I've been called For, ugly. You, well, I'm you sure. are. What would you well, give yourself talked... out of 10? Well, you gave me, no, what was it, no, a no, two no, last just, time? Just hit yourself now. Yeah, I'd probably stick with the two. No, you, mate, you're a six. You're a six. Yeah, you're a six. Thanks, Goody. You're a six. A you're, six? You're, you're a seven. I'm a nine. I've said before, I'm a nine, ten. I'm yeah, a nine, but man, I'm going a bit bold, so I'm not ten. <laughs> Sorry, anyway. Um, but anyway, the ugly this week goes to you, Andy Rowe, because you had a bet, you had an agreement, you made a promise if we get to 500 subscribers on the patreon.com subscription service, amazing extra content, patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod, you would shave a Mohican. And the people on Twitter... The people on Instagram, they've all been asking, mm. when is the weird fish getting his Mohican? <laughs> and you're like, I can't get it before Christmas, guys. I've got a wedding to go to. If you get it, The quicker you get it done, I mean, I'm not a, a hair specialist, but the quicker you not get it done, that, the quicker it's going to grow back. Not with that lid, you're not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. So when are you getting it done? Well, because it's uh, Joe Mahler Mohawk, which is what I agreed to, I've made a booking with Joe Mahler for this Friday. I'm going to head down to the stoop and he's going to cut my hair for me there we go make sure you take a cameraman video it we want to see it we'll put it on twitter all the socials but until you do it i'm ugly you are the ugly and then just one other point i may as well get it in there so my extra bit of content for patreon is coming out this week hitting on a hooker part two so i'm recording it this week for everyone who's messaging me asking me where it is it's coming out this week sports fans Thanks for that, guys, uh, and thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our new Superfans monthly subscription. As we said, it's patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. pod.